Hello, I'm Michal Schreier. Welcome to Happiness at Work podcast. For this episode, I invited David New, founder of Tiny Pulse. Tiny Pulse is an online app that sends regular and very short surveys to your team. It helps you measure current mood of your team and respond to any problems almost in real time. I was really looking forward to this podcast because I've been using Tiny Pulse in both companies I was part of and it was one of my favorite tools I used on a daily basis. So, here we go. Hello, David. Oh my God. So, let's talk about Tiny Pulse. But before we dive into, into Tiny Pulse product and company, let's, let's start with you and your story. You, you've been through some very interesting things in the past and which, which were close to what I did and it, it was really inspiring for me as well. So if you can tell me something about where you started and how did you came to Tiny Pass and what was before that, please do. Sure. So um, first, thanks for having me. And so I had been a serial entrepreneur and, and prior to Tiny Pulse, I had met a business partner in business school uh, in Philadelphia. And we dropped out of school. We started our first company, made a ton of mistakes. And, uh, you know, we were getting our MBA. It might as well have stood for management by accident. We made every single mistake in the book. Uh, we're lucky enough to weather the uh, first dot-com crash and sell that company. And then we started, we said, we're never going to raise money again. And so <laughs> next thing you know, we turn around and we raise $10 million. And we started a second company called Buddy TV. And so at the time... I was about, I had worked with uh, Andy for about 10 years and I started getting a little bit burnt out at my own startup, which is really weird because a lot of people who are listening aspire to be their, start their own company. At the same time, I had some big life changing events. I got married and had a baby daughter in really quick succession. And so that really sparked some introspection in me. And um, basically at the end of it, I convinced my wife to sell everything we own, stuff the rest of our belongings in storage and then buy one-way tickets to New Zealand uh, when our daughter Kira was 10 months old. So most uh, people, at least in the U.S., would say, you're crazy, like all my family and relatives. And other people would be like, well, that, like you would say, oh, this is great. You know, everyone should be doing this. And I have to say, you know, there was a lot of anxiety going on this trip. Uh, but, you know, we did it. We got on that ANZ jet and we flew down to Auckland to start this career which we timed for anywhere from 6 to 12 months. And my goal... Um, you know, for the trip, which is two, two basic things. One is to create some amazing shared family memories with my young family. Uh, they say it goes really quickly, and I just wanted to be as present as possible. And the second part was um, I wanted to understand why was I getting burnt out at my own startup? And what was causing that? Because from the, from the surface level, the company was doing very well. So it must have been the soft things out of the hard things in my mind. So I decided that wherever I went, I was going to take the time to reach out to local CEOs and interview them about best practices around uh, leadership, culture, and managing people. So I ended up speaking to over 35 CEOs from really large companies um, who are public to really small ones in, in a wide range of industries like the winemaker in New Zealand to the fruit trader in Shanghai to the financial services consultant in Seoul. And I would ask them these best practices, and then at the end of every interview, I'd ask one common question. I'd say, 
what's one pain point you have when it comes to managing people that if I took away, you'd gladly pay for it? So different people tell me different reasons. I make these mental sticky notes in my brain. And only until I got sufficiently far away from Seattle in both time and distance, could I be really, really still and take a step back and say, well, are there any trends? Are, are there any clumpings of these sticky notes? And there was. And one of the uh, things that I uncovered was that one of the most haunting moments for any of these leaders is when one of their top employees said, here's my two weeks notice out of the blue. They're like, oh, it was such a gut punch. You know, how come I didn't see this coming? Uh, can I save you? Do I want to save you? And then the other shoe drops, which is, oh my gosh, how am I going to replace this person, especially in this world where unemployment and the war for talent is so high? So uh, that became the inspiration for Tiny Pulse, is I wanted to give these leaders a pulse on how happy, frustrated, and burnt out their employees are before retention sinks or before issues become toxic in the workplace. And the traditional method, so I used to work at uh, Anderson Consulting like 20 years ago, and we do these big pulses once a year at the end of the year. And then at the summer picnic, the managing partner would share some results and then say, okay, this is what we're gonna do differently. I'm like, what? I spent all that time filling out that survey and that's all I get, but it was rinse and repeat and you just check the box. And I said, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like I would never run my company, ask my salesperson or my marketing person to report on how we're doing on our sales or marketing spend or performance once a year. So why would I do that with my most important competitive advantage and usually my highest cost item, which is my people? So that's the, the tiny pulse flips that out on its head and we drip out lightweight questions throughout the course of time so that leaders who care are able to get the pulse on how people are doing and intercede and take action before little items um, uh, flare up to become big issues. But before we dive even deeper into, into right, I have thousand questions around your career education, of course. <laughs> uh, for example, when you... Uh, left for for the big trip was it how many months did you say it was a year uh, we, we targeted six to 12 months but i started getting really sick so we had to cut it short to six months well short six months yeah. <laughs> six months uh, was there a little plan to find your next big thing or did it come uh, along the way as, as you did the interviews you know i think there's a little bit of both right i, I mean having started uh, being a serial entrepreneur I'm always trying to connect the dots somehow, <laughs> but uh, also wanted to take some time to slow down and make sure, like, I think a trap that a lot of entrepreneurs make, and I'm sure I'm guilty of this too, is I think that I can solve a problem by being more clever. So then I can make money. So I'm going to solve that problem, but it's not something that I'm passionate about. And now I get to do something that I think I can be clever, but I also saw something that I'm really, really passionate about. And that marrying of the two just takes time. And I think uh, with a little bit more age and a little bit more wisdom, could I slow down? So I, I think I'm very fortunate that it was serendipitous where I was able to get some inspiration and some confirmation while being able to be calm versus jumping into the next thing. Because I see so many founders, something doesn't work, they jump right in. And I, and I feel like they're just, they do themselves a disservice to not take some more time to take a step back. Yeah. And let it grow organically. Uh, yeah. How did you pick those 35 CEOs? It's, it's, it's quite a, you know, a great success actually. Yeah. So how, how did you find which companies do you want to interview or which CEOs? And was it easy for you to, to grab them and just take them for interview? 
Yeah. So, well, one of the things I, I wanted to do was I didn't want to just talk to tech entrepreneurs because I know so many. I said, well, I need, I want a, a wide range to just make sure that I, I, I have a proper surface area. So I'm part of um, a group called Entrepreneurs Organization or EO. And uh, using that um, network, my college network and my grad school network, I just started reaching out to people in these cities, one city before I got there. And I would tell my story and you know, attach a photo of me and my family. And almost everyone wants to welcome someone to their, their city, right? So then, of course, they're like, no, you don't have to buy me coffee, David. Let me buy you coffee since you're coming to my city. And then I would like, you know, if I came to Prague, I'd come talk to you. And then I'd say, hey, do you know other people who um, uh, would be interested in talking about this in different fields? And usually that's how I would start with one or two people. And then they would introduce me to a lot of other people who have similar uh, kind of experiences and backgrounds that we're willing to share as well. Yeah, that's my experience as well. If you, if yeah. you find, find, find the right people, then they are so happy to, to talk to and share because they're, yeah, they really like to share. And those are the, the people you want to talk to usually. And you even wrote an ebook from your trip, didn't you? With interviews and everything. I did. So uh, we, we, it's, a, it's an ebook. Um, you know, you can buy it online or um, I felt that I didn't really want to profit off the advice that everyone gave me. So it's actually, if you go to careeracation.com, everything's free online. But if you actually want a physical copy, you can go to Amazon, buy it. Mm -hmm. But I would encourage people, hey, you know, if you want to uh, peruse through the different interviews is to just go uh, online. And uh, because they, those people paid it forward to me to even give me the wisdom for me to pay it forward to fellow entrepreneurs. And I think one of the things that was most interesting is when I first started like New Zealand, Australia, kind of more Western kind of leadership management style, and then going to like Korea, China, is, you know, I wanted to see, well, how is that similar or different? And I, and I think one of the things I realized was that it wasn't that different. Like those were the same pain points. So, you know, for any uh, people who are interested in reading that, I think uh, is really cool, especially in the Asia chapters, which caught me a little bit off guard because I thought it would be a little bit different, mm -hmm. much different, much more different. So where have you been? Where were all the countries that you visited? Was it a lot of yeah. them? So we started out in the uh, North Island in uh, New Zealand. Then we went to the South Island. Then we went to Sydney. Then we went to the Gold Coast. Then we went to Seoul. Then we went to Shanghai. Then we went to uh, Hong Kong and Shenzhen. Then we went to uh, Ho Chi Minh City. Then we went to Taipei. Uh, before we came back. <laughs> but there is still a big part of the world for, for your next trip, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, now I have a son. So I, and you know, my, my daughter doesn't remember any of it, even though some of her first steps were at a park in Auckland. So uh, I want to definitely take them to, uh, hopefully the next chapters will be in uh, probably South America or Europe. Yeah. Europe is great, I have to say. Welcome to you. <laughs> you're welcome here anytime okay great so so let's let's move a little forward and that's towards the tiny pass so so you already, already said that it's like counterweight of those long big 10 pages of of past surveys that companies do often was it was there some other similar products or did it come to some because i now see more and more products similar to tiny pass but i was always using tiny pass have you been the first one in inventing the, the idea of tiny pot? Because I think it's it's a great idea. I really support it. Oh, well, thank you for your support. And um, 
you know, when, when I started it, um, you know, I think entrepreneurs um, sometimes can get paralyzed in doing too much market research, uh, but they also have to be careful to do too little or, they, mm -hmm. or they're just basically too, um, you know, what's the word, kind of, kind of foolish and trying to just go with their idea. And so I did some market research um, and, you know, I didn't find anything out there um, around this whole idea of just regular pulsing and cadence, especially with all these millennials entering the workforce who want lighter weight, quick bits of feedback. So when we launched in 2012, uh, you know, we were definitely pioneers in the industry, but you're right. Um, any great idea is going to have, um, you know, hundreds of people copying it and, you know, I just lose track, right? But I just tell people like, well, like at the end of the day, I want to look through the windshield and not the rear view mirror. As long as we keep delighting our customers and keep innovating, we're going to be fine. And at the bottom line is we compete against free, right? You can use Google forums, you can use SurveyMonkey and it's free. Right, so like, don't worry about everyone else. Let's just worry about taking care of our own clients and keep innovating, and we're going to be fine. So uh, that's a a little bit of a um, a broad view of uh, the competitive set then, and then also how I think about competitors uh, when we talk about it internally. How do you see Tiny Pulse? Is it tech company or is it uh, HR company or uh, human company? How how, how what is the, your point of view? Yeah, I think that's a. Um, Great question, right? And uh, I think my answer has evolved. It probably started out um, in 2012 more as a tech company. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that we realized that when we work with our clients, you don't just push a button and like your processes get better. Everyone's happier and like singing and dancing in the hallways. That's baloney. <laughs> it happened, right? It it basically instills discipline and processes for people to um, be able to better share and act upon feedback. It's like, it's like, hey, I want to work out, I want to go to a gym, so I buy a gym membership. It doesn't solve anything. But there's also trainers and everything else that keeps people honest and going. So I think about it as um, you know, uh, both, both software and a process, and you're laughing probably because you've uh, dealt with this before. When you no, it, it just reminded me a discussion today. It was funny. I told my friend that I signed up for, for my first marathon run, the, the, the yeah. long one, and she was like, wow, that's awesome. And, and I had to say, well, it's easy to sign up for a marathon, you know, now I have to run it. That's the difficult part. <laughs> I can help anyone to sign up. It's easy. And everyone thinks it's awesome you signed up, but it's not so difficult. <laughs> the difficult part is coming in May. <laughs> yeah, well, um, uh, I, I've uh, run, uh, I, I run a lot of half marathons. I've done one full marathon. And uh, so if you're interested afterwards, uh, I, I have, um, there, there's a, a kind of a popular um, kind of training regimen to scale up for a marathon. I'm happy to share that with you. Great. Let's back to Tiny Plus. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I, I would love to talk about running for the next two hours, but it will be a little bit off topic for, for uh -huh. this stuff. But maybe I should start running podcasts because I'm very passionate about this. So, so tell me or tell the, the listeners how exactly it works. What, yeah, if, if you are a company and you would like to use TinyPost, what is it exactly and how it can help you as a company? Yeah, so um, organizations, when they sign up for TinyPost, they uh, input their employees, just basically their email addresses, and then the system starts taking over where they set a cadence, do they want it weekly, every other week, once a month, you know, they can choose depending on how quickly they can ingest the feedback. And then um, there's a set of questions that we have 
that are standardized across you know hundreds of thousands of responses around the world. So, like for example, on a scale of one to ten, how happy are you at work? You answer that question, and we make it super tiny. It's only one question at a time, and then the um, the the person, the administrators or the managers are able to see the results in real time, kind of pop up in their screen, and also their industry average and global average and how they're doing against it. And so that's one part of Tiny Pulse. The second part of Tiny Pulse is the cheers for peers, where you're able to give each other recognition. And you know, research has shown that if we start our day by being grateful and thanking people, we're going to be in a much more positive mindset. So we want to make that very easy. And you know, a lot of companies have, you know, like, hey, you know, no, we're, 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 we tell each other we're grateful for them. But at the end of the day, a lot of people just don't do it because it's not easy. So we try to make it as friction-free as possible. And then the third and final component of Tiny Pulse is what we call virtual suggestions. You're able to go in and add suggestions at any time. Like I just talked to a, a, a former client who just moved to a new company and wants to bring us in. He's like, we've grown so quickly. We used to have the suggestion box at work, but now we have 1,200 people, 800 of them, which were hired in one year. Things are just breaking down left, right, and center, and we can't do anything about it. So then once the manager gets all that feedback, they're able to start seeing trends um, and take action against them, either with uh, being able to private message people back or sharing these reports and saying, hey, here are the themes. This is what we can't do anything about. Here's what's in the consideration set, and here are things that are already in process that we're already doing something about. Yeah, and the, the great thing is that all those things work uh, very well. We, we, use, we use it in, in companies I, I've, I've been part of. And for example, Cheers for Peers was, was a really great tool. And it was funny that it started very, very, very small. People were sending some cheers here and there. And then as more people were receiving cheers, that more people were sending and it just was, you know, snowball is, was really rolling and, and getting bigger and bigger. And, we were, and we were, you, you could see as people were so happy receiving the cheer from, from peers. It worked much better than from, from managers or, or bosses because maybe with bosses you always feel like, okay, it's, it's his job to give me some, some cheers or give me a thumbs up. It's not, you know, it's not so honest, but peer... Peer, peer cheers or cheers to peers, cheers for peers, works so much better. And you, you, you could see those happy faces smiling, you know, all the time after receiving some, some really, you know, honest cheers. Yeah. One thing I, I, I was really, uh, I had some, some funny stories around from Tiny Passes that after you respond to the question, you can also add some comments and admin, which, which was me, can respond to those comments, but those are anonymous, right? Yes. And it was so much fun because <laughs> what happened to me like maybe two, three times was that I responded. I always try to respond, respond to everything. And yeah. we came to, in, in, after a few ping pong messaging, messaging here and there, I still didn't know who I'm discussing with. And then yeah. we agreed on one-to-one -one meeting that we, we are going to discuss the topic more, more deeply. And then we'll meet, meet over that. So we booked the meeting room and we, we agreed on time and I went to meeting room and I didn't know, didn't know who am I expecting to, to discuss with, you know, it was, so I really didn't know where, who I'm having meeting with, but I had a meeting about a specific topic from Tiny Pulse and if that person wanted to discuss, he, he came, it was so funny. Yeah, no, it's great. And yeah. I think important part for, for people in, in my camp or our companies where was that uh, the, the, um, it was platform like 
third party platform which was trusted by the team so they they really trusted that yes i can really anonymously share anything but of course over the time the anonymity anonymity of it wasn't as important but as the beginning for to 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 gain trust it was it was really really useful absolutely uh, so so do do some numbers are more and more companies going to tiny pools rather than using those big bulky pulse surveys what is the trend yeah definitely i mean i think the the trend is everyone's going to pulse surveys uh so you know we have over a thousand organizations around the world in over 40 countries uh who have joined our journey uh to help make employees happier by giving them that lightweight voice and um, you know i think all the bigger companies are going to start saying oh yeah we have something right like they think it's really easy just to have you know send a survey right that's very basic technology but it's the whole infrastructure that really matters like having a conference having best practice really caring about doing something really great for the people on the other end and i think one of the things that we obsess about as a team is not just the manager like the admin that you were but also the employee Right? Because if the employee doesn't use it, it doesn't matter. You don't get any feedback. So we always think about how do we remove friction for the employee? Why is it one question? Because it's easy. They can do it on their phone, their laptop, you know, wherever, in different modalities. So I think that's one thing that um, you know, will always separate us from other folks um, it, that is you know, really thinking about it from the employee standpoint. Because at the end of the day, that's who we're trying to change and, and make happier. Because when they win, everyone else wins. And and the great part of Tiny Plus for, for from the admin point of view is also that you are actually you have the set of great questions that are sent to people in, in I guess some specific order and it, it works very well. How how did you build the, the question? There is so many of them. And I really love the questions because often sometimes I use my own questions, but often uh, even the questions were those that I wouldn't think of uh, asking, but it were so inspiring for me that of course I, I, I let it send, send them and I was so interested in seeing the answers for those. Yes, no, so that's a great question. So uh, initially um, when we started, uh, we didn't have a lot of questions in the question, maybe we didn't even know if it was going to work or not, right? So <laughs> like, so we, we just had, you know, you're very kind of like uh, HR kind of uh, type of questions. But you know, one of the things that we wanted to stand behind our brand about being tiny, which is lightweight, easy, and approachable. Like one of our questions is like, if your company was an animal, what animal would it be and why? And I remember a client in China writing me and he said, that's it, David, you blew it. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, Chinese people think this is a silly question. They're not going to answer you. I've lost all credibility and we're gonna have to cancel. <laughs> oh man, that, that sucks. And then he writes me back two, three weeks later. He's like, David, that was the best question ever. You know, we got such great responses. You know, Chinese people love horoscopes, so we made this Chinese horoscope for every month from the January is the least and December is the most popular. I'm like, is this the same person, right? So sometimes I tell people, you know, we're programmed in a way that HR, when people manage to think about HR, they have a kind of a visceral negative reaction uh, for, I don't know, for whatever built up emotions that they've had. But HR done right can be lightweight, it can be simple, and it can be delightful. And I think this is one take is to try to take that edge off of it. And then, so we, you know, we, we've got our own research and uh, methodology when it comes to survey questions. But to be honest, some of our best questions come from our clients, right? So, I mean, if you think about over, over a thousand clients in, you know, maybe you have thousands and thousands and thousands of admins in these larger companies, 
and they're creative and they come up with these outstanding questions and you know those are the questions that we're like wow that's a great question and listed some great responses so we'll try it at our own company and then if we really like it then we'll start baking that into the question bank because that's meant to be an, an organic question bank for people so yes yeah, sometimes we push the envelope and people are like hey you know we don't like these silly questions but I'm like well just trust the process maybe it's different maybe you don't like it but your company will get a kick out of it and they'll know that this isn't this big end of year survey but it is something that we can have a little bit of fun with and learn together yeah those those crazy and funny questions were my my favorite all the time <laughs> okay and i'm i'm really interested in in your company as as such so so how big is tiny plus how does it work is it the, the happiest company since you are doing uh, working on product which makes other companies happy as well yeah so uh so right now we have a little bit over 100 employees uh we have two offices one in seattle and one in ho chi minh city in saigon and uh, the latter is mainly um for a lot of our product and development uh takes place although we do have product uh in dev also here in seattle but the majority is out there so it's a it's a great uh partnership and uh you know we try to treat those people just like we would treat uh, people here in Seattle with stock options and so forth. Um, and your second question, yes, you know, we use Tiny Pulse religiously. Um, <laughs> and one of the things I know that is, it is really, really hard to always be on top of, you know, how the team is feeling, especially because we grow so fast. And uh, I know that um, I have to, uh, I have a lot of blind spots as a leader and I have to course correct all the time. I feel like I'm better than I was a year ago and better than I was two years ago, but I also feel like the more I learn, the more I have to learn. And so I really try to surround myself by really great leaders. Like sometimes like one of my mentors is Scott Dorsey, who is the founder of Exact Target and took it public and you know sold it to Salesforce. And you know, sometimes when I feel stressed out and confused, I'll say, you know, pound Scott Dorsey, like how, what would Scott do in this instance, right? So I definitely don't have it figured out. Tiny Pulse gives me a great data point, uh, but I also rely on hiring great people to compliment me in these other areas. But it's something we constantly invest in. Um, you know, we run awards, we, we, we do well, but uh, you know, we're never gonna be satisfied. And you know, we even have uh, a large part of our executive compensation um, also tied to their Tiny Pulse results as well. Mm -hmm. Do we have some interesting practices in the company or, or things do you do differently and other companies should should learn from you? Yeah, so, you know, I think, um, and, you know, some of these are ones that we were inspired by other folks as well. So uh, first is, uh, you know, we all always like to have um, what we call culture committees as the company gets bigger. So once you get your tiny pulse results or if you use SurveyMonkey, you get your results, is don't just have like the leadership or HR people get together but make a cross-functional team so they know that this, the, this team is focused on the what, like how do we get better versus the who, like who is this, who is this? We never talk about who it is. We talk about what the data is telling us and how can we get better. And having that cross-functional team gets um, uh, buy-in up and down the company. And then two is I would tell people if they're about to kick off a survey is to set a date already in the calendar about when they're going to review it. So I think a lot of people have been burned and the majority of the world is still on big pulses. So if I say I'm going to pulse you guys and I put a calendar invite in two weeks that we're going to meet, 
They're like, whoa, David means business. Uh, we're going to talk about the results versus like, hey, we're going to post and something's going to happen, right? So put it on the calendar. And then for us, it's a recurring two-week calendar where we talk about all the results candidly. We share everything back with the employees so they can review it beforehand and then we discuss it as a team. And then I think one of the things that I've come to realize is that, you know, it is true human nature, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. But I believe that, and I tell our clients and ourselves is like, like when we get the tiny pulse results, you know, we'll always kind of, usually human behavior is to sort from the worst to the best because you want to see what's worse. But if you have like a, a really high score, let's say in the eights, and you obsess only about the ones or twos or the, maybe the single four, it's really negative, right? It's almost the opposite of starting your day of gratefulness. So I always tell people like, look, of course you want to figure out how you can get better, but also obsess and celebrate what you're doing well. Because you know, maybe it's just not the right place for that person or maybe they're having a bad day, but let's not spend 80% of our time on the one or two people who are feeling this way, but let's also celebrate what's doing well without shortchanging that. And I think that's a, a constant struggle, especially people who are new to the culture committee, right? They want to fix things. Like, hey, I'm on this committee, I want to fix it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we, we definitely want to fix things, but we also want to celebrate uh, what is going well. So, uh, uh, you know, so that, and then, you know, finally, another thing that I think that's really fun and low cost a lot of people can do is most people have a recognition program. So you can use substitute whatever recognition program or cheers for peers. But what we do is we have cheer selectors to really accentuate the positive. They go through all the cheers that were recognition that were compiled and they select their favorite one that embodies the company values. So one, you reinforce the values uh, by, um, uh, by saying that it's based on company values. And then that person um, gets to come up in front of the room and in a, a physical jar, pick out a random name and then we, the company pays for those two people to go to lunch or drinks after work. So it's random. So I think Daniel uh, Pink and Drives is like, hey, if you put a big monetary value on it, people will start gaming the system. But if you make it random and kind of fun, people don't do it. And it's a ton of fun. It's low cost. Anyone can do that, you know, regardless if you use Tiny Pulse or another solution. That's great. Awesome. And you are also... Uh, measuring other companies and and doing some boards for for outside of the company, right? I, I've I've read something about the, the happiest company award. How, how does that work? You are looking into into the stats and picking the best yeah. ones. Currently, right now, because we have so many uh, clients around the world, we we separate them into verticals, and then uh, we give awards based upon that. Because I I feel like there's a lot of awards these days that you know. Or Fortune magazine does, Glassdoor does, but it's really looking like at this one snapshot of like, well, if you do best places work, it's kind of this one snapshot of time. If you look at Glassdoor, you're penalized for reviews that may have happened two, three years ago, although the company culture is totally different today. And I feel like what we do is a much more balanced approach that is reflective of the current day culture. So if I'm thinking about getting a job there, what does it really feel like? Um, and it and it goes from you know the, we look at the you know the year uh, by itself and uh, you know we also don't just look at uh, um, you know we look at also the, the companies that are um, you know give the most recognition right so that's like that's not a that's not an attitudinal checkbox it's actually they did something it was behavioral right so then we take both of those into account so um, you know I'm really proud of the clients uh, who won it. And it's amazing, like, you know, some com companies, and I visit them personally, have a great culture, they didn't win, right? They're like, how did we not win? I'm like, 
do is like, there's a lot of people who really care about this stuff and really want to put a lot of muscle against it. But uh, doesn't mean you're not a great company. It just means that, you know, you just weren't the, the top in the field. <laughs> uh, do you see some trends in, in this? You have a lot of data from a lot of companies. Is, is, it, is it changing? Is it getting better overall or something like that? Yeah, you know, uh, we, have, we do have uh, uh, tons uh, of data. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things that we, we see is we don't see a lot of disparity between uh, kind of geographic areas, right? Like we thought, well, would the U.S. be happier, happier uh, or North America be happier than like Africa? That's just not the case, right? Like if you have a great leader, people are going to be happy there regardless of what industry or worth geo. And I think it does come down just down to the leader again, right? Like you could have the same restaurant and then you change out the manager and then you restart the restaurant. It could be a great restaurant to a terrible and vice versa. And so much of it just comes down to people. So the things that you and your listeners really care about, you know, are at the end of it, it's, it's, the, it's the core of uh, you know, great businesses. It comes down to the leadership. Yeah. And but it's true that uh, most of the companies in, in your data set are those companies with already open eyes, right? Those companies who actually care about something. That's a great question. And I think we have both, right? So we definitely have companies who really care about it and they want to maintain their high flying status. We also have companies who've lost their way, who say, David, we know that our attrition rate is over 100% a year. We physically cannot grow. We are leaving revenue on the table because I can't hire enough truck drivers. Help me get better. Or other people who have said, hey, we went through M&A, a leadership change, or you know, our culture is just not doing that well and we just need to improve. So we definitely also have that end of the spectrum. So we, we, we see the whole continuum. And I think by seeing both ends, it, it makes our solution more effective because we can think about the strengths and weaknesses and how we balance that between the two and how we hopefully shift people up here. And if people are starting to slide down, how do we arrest that and move them back over here? And over time, is it... Uh, you know, you, you are doing it, how many years is it? Is it 10 years already? Of, of uh, no, it's uh, going to be our fifth or sixth year. Of gathering a lot of data. Oh, you said uh, 2012. That's two big numbers for me. <laughs> so late in the evening. But over time, do you see some, some positive trends? You know, that, for example, of course, I guess more companies are signing up. But in, inside those companies, they are slowly going up, I guess, aren't they? Yeah, you know, I... I I think, um, you know, it, it still comes back down uh, to leadership and, you know, us, you know, sometimes we'll see some, a manager leave and bring us in uh, right. to another company like yesterday I was talking about. But one of the things that we're doing to really track that is it's one thing to be attitudinal, but we want to see how does it affect behavior. So there's two things. One is the cheers for peers. You know, are they giving cheers for peers and are they private messaging back to comments, right? The second thing is uh, we've introduced something, a concept called the wall of wins or wow for short. And uh, it's like a Trello board to some extent where you have all the comments and feedback and then you have another column which is in process and the third column is a win. So you can start and then everyone can see this throughout their organization from the employees to the managers. So it holds the managers accountable but also holds the employees accountable because if the employee says, hey, look, you haven't done anything in the last three months, you're like, actually, if you go to the wall of wins, we've done 11 things that from people's feedback in the last three months. Or, but it also cuts the other way, if the employees are like, look, nothing's happened in the last three months, management's like, you're right, I need to get on it. So um, I think 
those things, um, by looking at those behavioral things, will help us better track the trends and making sure that companies are, are um, uh, going in the right direction. That's great. The, maybe the last question would be, yeah. what are the plans of Tiny Plus? Are, are you playing some, some big new features or, or diving deeper? What is, yeah. what is the next big thing for you? So, you know, one of the things that uh, we focused on uh, last year, near the end of last year, was, you know, traditionally Tiny Pulse was in the ins Inspire realm. But now we, we said, well, if we get more data points, we can do much more things. So now we think about it, the life cycle from hire to inspire to retire. Hire to inspire to retire. And if we have the data points of when people were hired, their onboarding score. So, for, for example, in the past, let's say um, – you, you, you start in week zero. And that week zero Tiny Pulse question is like, you know, how would you rate your manager's mentorship style? Or you know, whatever question it is. You have no idea, you just started. But you, you have to answer that, well, you, you know, we encourage you to answer that question. But instead, we should be asking, hey, how was your onboarding? Are you learning what you need to learn, right? And you know, when we did this ourselves, we found out that our, you know, our engineers and our salespeople, they start out at the same level of uh, engagement, but then one goes down. And it was the engineers. They didn't get the training they felt they, to be successful when they were put on the job. So we totally scrapped our onboarding process and did it differently for the engineers. So the reason I share that is, you know, one of the things that we've built in on the higher part is you actually have an onboarding sequence. So if an employee A starts, they'll get onboarding specific questions back to management because those usually are trapped in survey monkeys. Uh, or just like um, verbal communication, and when that person leaves, it's gone. So now you have that in Tiny Pulse. You're able to see trends from the higher. Then the Inspire side is the Tiny Pulse question cadence and the, and the virtual suggestions and chairs for peer. And then when they leave, the retire side, we also want to note when they leave. And then what we want to help our clients do is um, cut through the clutter and also connect the dots by saying, well, the people who leave this company and these functions tend to exhibit these behaviors. Right, so they're still anonymous. Well, then I can start taking that, that those behaviors and putting that on top of the current set and say, are any of these people displaying that same behavior? And if so, I need to tell the manager that you potentially have a forty percent attrition problem, which could cripple your plans to grow unless you know about that. So we want to be much more prescriptive uh, by having those data points from the, the start to the end of the employee life cycle. So that's a journey that we started on that our clients are very enthusiastic about. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's in the kind of the, the, the early goes as we get more data and we try to become more prescriptive for our clients. But that sounds, sounds really awesome. It's more and more <laughs> companies are part of that, more data, more information. It's, it's going to be very, very useful. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, David, thank you so much for your time. Is there some last big thought you would like to share with my audience, I wanted to say with the world, but uh, not yeah. the whole world is not yet listening for this. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, you know, I just have to say is, uh, uh, one, uh, thank you for listening. And number two is making employees happier is a journey. There is never a finish line or a destination. And, um, you know, I applaud the people who are listening. And, uh, you know, I also encourage that, you know, the community shares ideas. We learn so much from others uh, that come before us and we have brilliant ideas. And uh, so it's going to be a, a community effort, but I also applaud them for being on the forefront because when history looks back in time, it'll smile kindly at those people and everyone else will be like, what were they doing? What were they thinking? Not really focusing on the people first. So uh, I think it's amazing what you're doing. I'm happy to be a part of this podcast. Okay. Thank you very much, David. Thank you. Bye-bye.